Praise God. Well, it's good to be here tonight. How many of you are glad that you've been delivered from the power of darkness? Translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Amen. We are blessed of the Lord. Well, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to stand here and minister and to share uh, Pastor Justin and Annette as they are traveling and enjoying their uh, time away of, uh, of refreshing of their uh, anniversary and everything else. And it's, uh, it's just an honor to be here. Uh, as uh, we, were, we were really never, we weren't from the north, we're from Amarillo, Amarillo, Texas. So we never lost our uh, southern accent. Uh, it, it stayed the same when we were up there. We were the strangers up there. And, and I want you to know, New England is where we were at in Massachusetts area. And uh, New England is the mission field of America. When we went there, we pastored there for 28 years. When we went there, you, uh, it, it's hard to imagine where the uh, area stood at that time. There weren't very many uh, word churches at all. Uh, the few that were there were, uh, uh, they, they were doing great, but uh, we went and we took over a church that had been in existence for five years, and then we ended up staying 28 years in that area. The area has changed. I'm telling you, there is revival in New England. That's a wonderful thing. God has done marvelous things. Churches have popped up everywhere, all over that part of the country, but uh, our daughter lives down here in Texas. And whenever we would take trips back down here, we would come to Heritage of Faith because this is where our daughter, our daughter attended here uh, at the uh, Bible college that was going on. Matter, matter of fact, Pastor Justin and her were attending at the same time. And so uh, our daughter has been with us several times. And uh, uh, is my grandson here tonight yet? Oh, there they are, right over there. My grandson and his wife are here tonight. We're glad to have them here. Amen. So uh, we're, we're honored. We really are honored to be here. And it's an honor and a privilege to be able to share the word with you. So I'm going to get right into the word, if that's all right with you. I'm going to set up a, a format for us tonight. So open up your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 5. Honey, did I mention your name? I know, I know Joseph did. This is my wife, Diane. She's been my, my uh, bride uh, for 52 years. Amen. Be 53 in December. Praise God. We're just having a marvelous time uh, growing together uh, in the things of God. She's just as much anointed in preaching as I am. She has an anointing on her life as well. So I'm sure you'll get to hear from her as well before too long. Matthew chapter number 5. And I'd like to just bring your attention to one verse of Scripture right now. This is to set us up for what I'm going to go to in just a little bit. Verse number 17 says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. I'm not come, speak, Jesus speaking of himself, he said, I am not come to destroy the law. The law was never done away with. Jesus fulfilled the law. 
He satisfied, he ratified everything. He had to because what Adam lost, Adam lost in the garden. What Jesus restored, he restored back in the garden. Everything that Jesus did, he did for the purpose of bringing back humanity back to that place that God had created man to start with in the very, very beginning. So he restored it back. He didn't do away with it. He fulfilled it, satisfied it, because you couldn't. Thank God Jesus is still alive and well. Can you say amen? So Jesus came to fulfill, not to destroy. So that makes Hebrews chapter number uh, uh, 13 and verse 8 more viable to us because it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never going to change. In Malachi, he says, I am the Lord thy God. I change not. He's not going to change. Everything about him and uh, has Existed and is still the same. He's not changing. Man's the one that changed. But Jesus came and brought it all back so that we could be fulfilled in our life. Now go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, if you would, please. Just laying the foundation here for what I'm going to go to. I'm going to be talking about my covenant right tonight. And I'm going to use a specific example that you're all very familiar with, but I want us to, to get this first part because if we don't get this first part, it's hard for us to grasp many times what it is that was going on while Jesus was here. You know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were all underneath the Old Covenant, don't you? Even though it's the beginning of the New Testament or the New Covenant relationship, Jesus was fulfilling everything that had been prophesied concerning the Messiah. You all know that the, the children of Israel, they were all looking for the Messiah, the one that would come that would satisfy and take care of everything that pertained to them and bring back everything back the way that it was originally. And so they were looking for a Messiah. And so when Jesus comes on the scene here, then he begins to put things into place, fulfilling all of those things that had not been fulfilled yet, and then establishing a new covenant in the blood that God had put within his body. When little Mary was said, Lord, be it according to uh, the handmaid of the Lord, he, she was talking about whatever it is that you want to do, I'm willing to do whatever it is. And God overshadowed her. That says the power of the Most High overshadowed her and imputed into her. He put his blood into her womb and united with that egg and brought forth that man child that we know of is Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. See, it's the blood of God that established the first beginning in the first Adam, and Jesus was the second Adam, the second blood of God. And so in Roma, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 13 and verse number, I've got to get there. 13, which is the love chapter. And we want to read verse number 13. It says, Now abideth faith, hope, and love. These are the three power twins. 
Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's what Hebrews 11 and 6 says. Then it says in Hebrews 11 and 1, Now faith is the substance of the things that we hope for, being the evidence of the things not seen. Now, I want to talk to you just a minute. You need faith. How many of you know that you have faith? It's by grace that you're saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2.8. So you have the faith that's necessary. All you needed to do was to have someone that would give you the ability to ignite your faith in your belief system. And Jesus was that person. So Jesus gave you everything that you need to be able to enjoy the fullness of your life here as you walk on this planet called earth. There is not one thing that has not been finalized and settled once and for all. Not one stone was left unturned. Jesus fulfilled it all. He satisfied everything that pertained to life, everything that pertained to godliness. Everything that you need is right here in this book called the Holy Bible. Amen. It's not just a book, just as, as uh, Pastor Justin has been sharing with us. This is not just a book. This is a God-breathed, spirit-taught book. This is something that is alive and burning, full of the spirit of the living God. So we have faith. Fix me up. Oh, it came up. Came off of my hook. Somebody say, pray the Lord. Is that better? How did it get down there? Am I moving too much? Good now. So he, he gave us faith. Then he gave us hope. Hope is your vision, your dream, and your desire. It's your vision. It's your dream. It's your desire. Hope is the spark that ignites your faith. If you have no hope, if you have no vision, you have no dream, you have no desire, then you have nothing to attach your faith to. That's the reason he said faith, hope, and love. Love has to be your motivation. For God so did what? Loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting or sozo life. Sozo life. A life that takes care of spirit, soul, body, and domestic. No stone was left unturned. I'm setting this up because there's a story that I want us to get to in Mark's gospel. You can turn there right now. Mark's gospel, chapter 5, is a story that you've all heard. You've heard people preach on it and everything else. But there is something that's special about this story that we need to see concerning this individual life. 
But I want you to remember that we're talking about faith. We're talking about hope. And we're talking about love. We're talking about a covenant that God has established that is there for every human being that would dare to reach out and to receive it. There's not anything that has not been handled and taken care of by Jesus. Every sin that you ever committed, every sickness that ever was placed upon this earth, everything has been taken care of by the blood of Jesus. And Jesus did it once and for all. The devil has been defeated. He's not going to be defeated. You don't have to fight the devil. Jesus has already won the fight. So people that are fighting the devil, you need to stop it. We fight the good fight of faith. We don't have to fight the devil. The devil is not our problem. Here's our problem. What we think and how we think. That's the reason he told us to renew our mind. So that we can know what it is that God has for us. And it's for whosoever will. How many of you are whosoever? Sure you are. You're a whosoever. I'm a whosoever. And if we choose to know him and to follow him. I've been born again now for 50 years. A little over 50 years. Filled with the Holy Ghost for uh, 46 of those years. And I'm telling you. There is nothing like where I am today to where I began the race. And I know more and more and more and more how much Jesus has accomplished for you and for me. It's finalized. It's finished. If we could just settle it. I mean, he gave us his peace. He gave us his joy. Uh, He gave us his faith. He gave us everything that we need. We don't need anything else. All we need is to embrace him and to love him. Just as he loved us, so love him back. Respond back to him, and we'll get the kind of reciprocation that he got. How many of you know he loved his father? He said, I'm only doing the things that I've seen my father do, and I'm only speaking the words I've heard my father speak. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. We're one and the same. You can't separate us. We're inseparable. And when you see one another, it ought to be the same way. I'm in him and he's in me. You're in him and he's in you. To do and will of his good pleasure. Whatever he desires you to be and do, I mean, you've got access to everything that's necessary. Can you say amen? Amen. So in Mark's gospel, chapter number five, I want to read a story to you that you're all familiar with. But then I want us to just take it really verse by verse for a few minutes and just kind of dissect it and see what's going on so we can see how to apply this to our life. Because this lady is living underneath an old covenant. But yet, underneath this old covenant, she's got some rights. How many of you know that our country is big on rights? You know what? Every Christian ought to be big on your rights on your covenant rights between you and the Lord and everything that he's accomplished for you. 
Let's begin at verse number 24. Uh, no, 25. It says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather she grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. And she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of that plague. Now, how many of you have heard that story? How many of you have heard it preached? Sure we have. It's, it's a story that has been widespread and told, and there's been all kinds of messages ministered on it and everything else. But tonight, I want to just to bring something to you about a covenant relationship that this woman knew that she had, but she didn't know how to get it. She didn't know how to appropriate what it was that was already established. She was trying every means necessary to get well. How many of you know that that's going on today? People try everything that they can to get themselves well. And there's nothing wrong with that. Jesus did not scold her for doing that. He did not get on to her. He did not belittle her. He did not say, well, why did you go to the doctors? The reason she went to the doctors is because she didn't know another way. She didn't know how to appropriate it. So she went to the doctors. And why do you think she went to the doctors? She went to get healed. She had been sick. She had been hurting in her body for 12 years. She tried everything that she could. She ran to every doctor and then she ran out of money. But then all of a sudden, how many of you know God makes a way where there seems to be no way? He will open a door that no man can shut and shut a door that no man can open again. He's a God that cares about you. He cares about me. He will point me in the right direction. He'll give me the right advice. He will give me the right counsel. He will show me the things that I have need of in my life. He'll give me what I need at the time that I need it. Now, I don't know why he had to wait until that time, but it's obvious that he had to wait until she was prepared and ready to listen. Because the very next statement is made in verse uh, number 28, excuse me, in verse number 27. It says, and when she heard of Jesus, what do you think she was hearing? Prior to this, it's obvious she hadn't been hearing very much concerning this because she hadn't opened herself up to it yet. But yet... If she did hear it, she wasn't paying a whole lot of attention. But what do you think she began to really hear? Well, she began to hear that blind eyes were being opened up. The lame were beginning to walk. Right? The dumb were beginning to speak. The deaf were beginning to hear. That the sick were being made well. 
And she began to think within herself, well, if he's going about doing that, we're supposed to be looking for a Messiah. Maybe this man is the Messiah. Maybe he is the one that has been sent in order for us to be restored back to to normal again. I'm going to go see about this man. So she convinced herself, she made herself available to whatever, wherever, however she needed to do. Now, how many of you know they had laws of the land? How many of you know that if you had any type of a blood issue, you had to stay away and declare in so many feet that you were unclean? That's right. So what she's going to do is going to defy the very laws that existed as far as the land were concerned. Because you see, she was desperate for answers. She has some hope now. She's got a vision. She's got something to put with her faith. She's got a vision. She's got a dream. She's got a desire that she wants to get fulfilled, and she knows the only way she's going to get that fulfilled is to go to the source of that supply. Because if he'll heal this one, surely he will heal me. There's not anything that God hasn't already prepared for you and I that we can't have access to it if we're willing to go get it. Dr. Savell just ministered Sunday morning about financial blessings and prosperity in our life. How many of you know those are all available to us? Amen. Amen. Pastor Justin has been ministering about him not being just a man. It's not just a Bible. It's something more powerful than that. And as we grow closer to know him and as we begin to become acquainted with him, then we begin to see even more and more where, where and what he's done for us that we can have it too. That we don't have to be denied. And so the first step that she made, she had to hear something. In order for you and I to advance into the things of God, we first had to hear that there was a Jesus. That there was a man that gave his life for us. Some of us learned earlier than others. Some of us rejected it for a long time because we didn't really want to hear that. I was 21 before I ever accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, so I gave it away. I'm now 51, going to be 52 real soon. And I want you to know that side, I can't even hardly remember anymore. This side is a whole lot better. From darkness to light. The things that I was doing in the world certainly never satisfied nor fulfilled. All they did was bring heartache, heartbreak, and headache. No peace was with it. You can work at the best company in the world. And I was working with one at the time be in the business world, be a corporate executive as I was in the business world and still be totally, completely miserable. You can be miserable at home, miserable on your job and everything else. But I'll tell you something, when you meet Jesus 
and you will allow him to come into your life and to begin to make those changes. And it takes time to make changes. But as you begin to make those changes in your life, you'll begin to see that what it was that Jesus came for was worth it. Because see, he sees that you're worth it. He's doing everything he can to get the message to you and to me so that I can enjoy the fullness of life that he's called me to. He's called me into a new and living way. How about you? A different way. This woman decided within herself. She made a decision. She said, I'm going to hear what that says and I'm going to believe that he's got something for me too. She made a decision, a quality decision. It doesn't make any difference what you and I are dealing with. If you're dealing with finances, if you're dealing with health, if you're dealing with with your children, if you're dealing with husband and wife relationship, if you're dealing with job circumstances and situations, there's not anything that he doesn't already have the answer for. He's fulfilled it all. He's satisfied it all. That's kind of hard to get wrapped around sometimes that there's not anything says he was tempted in all points. There's not anything that you and I can be tempted in that he wasn't tempted in first and satisfied it for you. So she heard about him. I mean, you know that in Mark's gospel, chapter number four, verse number 23. Why don't you turn back to that if you would. Just turn back one page in your Bible. Mark chapter 4, verse number 23 and 24. He said, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Now listen, it does not say if any man has ears. It says, if any man has ears to to hear. You have to want to hear. You have to want to change. You can sit underneath preaching for years and not hear. You hear, but you don't hear. You see, but you don't see. Did you know that people, you, we get really excited when we see somebody get a manifestation of healing in their body and it manifests, we see them get healed right there on the spot and we go ballistic. The church jumps and they hoop, they holler, they dance, they shout. They clap their hands. They praise God. But how many of you know that that's normal? When people come to church and if they're halt, maim, lame, blind, deaf, dumb... It ought to be normal for them to walk out well. It ought to be the norm. It ought to be something that we expect. I believe Pastor Justin has told us we need to get our expectors up. Expect. You know, if we would really, 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 really expect, it would make room for the Holy Ghost. All the Holy Ghost has ever looked for is an opportunity. He shows up and he just wants to show off. And we have to want him to show off. 
Well, she had her expector up. How do I know she had her expector up? Because she's listening to the right stuff. She'd been listening to the wrong stuff. She got discouraged by the wrong stuff. It wasn't working for her. It's not that they weren't trying to help her, but it wasn't working. How many of you know that we have a promise, according to the Word of God, we have Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We have Jehovah Rapha, our what? He's our healer. How many of you know that Jesus is not practicing? I need to say that again. Jesus is not practicing. He is the epitome of health. He took every sickness, every disease known to mankind. There is nothing that he did not take. He knows how to take care of it. We just have to learn to trust him. Trust and obey. There is no other way. There used to be an old Baptist song we used to sing. Trust and obey. To be happy in Jesus, just trust and obey. So she heard, and as she heard, she began to respond. She did something about it. The next step that she took, she first heard. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, you got to hear first. You got to hear about Jesus, accept Jesus, and then to begin to hear what he has to say. I mean, you know, he's a good father. He knows how to bring sons to glory. And daughters to glory. And he, he desires nothing more than for you and I to excel. Mm-hmm. He said in 3 John 2, he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper. Be in health. Notice he did not say get healed. There's a difference. You got to get healed before you can walk in health. Beloved, I wish above all things. The word wish does not mean like we look at the word wish. It means his desire. His desire for you is that you enjoy your life to the fullest, never lacking in any area of your life. And the truth of the matter is, is it's already a done deal. It's a signed contract in his blood. Whether I appropriate it or not is totally up to me. God is not coming back to do anything else because he's done it all. Jesus satisfied it all. He's not dropping one more drop of blood. Many times we, the way we pray is, Lord, please heal me. He's already healed you. Even though you may be hurting and everything else, he's already taken care of it. It's up to you and I to go get it. Whatever it takes. This woman did not care what people thought. It's obvious she does not 
mind the laws and what the laws have to say what she needs to do. She decides to step into another venue. It's called faith. Faith believes in what it cannot see, what it cannot feel, what it cannot taste, and what it cannot hear. It looks beyond everything and it moves into a different arena. The arena that Jesus walked in. Jesus walked on water not because he just wanted to walk on water. Jesus walked on water because he needed to get to his disciples. There was a need there. And so he got to his disciples and guess what? He didn't have any problem walking on water. And if you need to get to a certain destination that God has called you to go to and there's an obstacle in the way and you need to walk on water, you too can walk on water. Second thing, she began to say something. She heard something, then she began to say something. How many of you know what meditation is? Meditation, one of its definitions is to mutter to oneself out loud. Talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. How many of you ever stood in front of a a mirror and looked at yourself and Told yourself that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. You're the head, not the tail, above only and not beneath. You've been delivered from the power of darkness, translated into the kingdom of his dear son. You are blessed. Sometimes we just got to encourage ourselves in the Lord. That's what King David did. He just encouraged himself in the Lord. He started singing songs to the Lord and blessing the Lord. And out of that, he began to move into a different arena. And that's what this woman did. She started saying to herself, if I can just get to him, if I can just get to him and touch his clothes, then I know, I know, I already know, I know I'll be made whole. I know I'll be made whole. Man, that's some confidence, isn't it? There's some hope there. It can ignite faith. That's what it did. It ignited that faith. If I can just get to him. I can just get to him. How many of you know just right before that, in verse number 21, there was another young man by the name of Jairus that came to Jesus. That's another story to be told. But he came to Jesus and he says, if you'll just come, my daughter is sick, nigh unto death. If you'll just put your hands on her. See, his, his was in the point of contact with his hands on his daughter. Hers is, if I can get to him and touch the hem of his garment. I don't have to touch him. I'll just touch his clothes. If I can just touch his clothes. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall what? Eat the fruit thereof. Now, how many of you know... Let's do away with the death part. Life is in the power of the tongue. Jesus said 
to mankind. The words that I speak to you are what? Life. And they're of the Spirit of God. They're life-giving flow. Jesus gave life. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. He says, and I will give you rest. Come to me. Come to me. So she's looking for a Messiah. She's saying, what? This guy must be the Messiah. Even the, even the people of, of the religious order of the day said, this man can't do these things except God be with him. We don't know what to do with him, and we're not going to call him Messiah, but God's got to be with him. But yet they just couldn't let go of their religious philosophies of life. They couldn't let go of religion, which is a cancer to Christianity. Don't say I'm a religious person. Because you just told on yourself. You've been bought by the precious blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You're not just a Christian. I mean, you're not just a a religious person. You're a Christian. You're blood bought. You're Christ-like. You've got a new birth. There's something fresh in you. There's something new in you. She said, if I can get to him. Mark's gospel, chapter number 11, verse 23, it says, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and not doubt in his heart. But believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. His desire for you is what he accomplished for you. That's the reason he came and fulfilled everything for you is because he wants you to be blessed. He wants you to enjoy it. He wants you to sense it. He wants you to feel it. He wants you to know it. But pastor, I've been sick before. So have I. But just dust off your britches and get up and move on. Grab a hold of the word. Get back into the word. Get your faith built back up again. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. The more you hear it, the more opportunity you have to develop your relationship with the Lord. And more opportunity you have to ignite your hope. Which gives you your visions, your dreams, and your desires. My grandson, he can tell you. I'm at home right now. We're looking for a new home. Just looking. If you don't go look, how are you ever going to find? Just look. Find a design. Find a, you know, get, give yourself a desire. Give yourself a vision. Give yourself a dream. I see money going in my bank account. By the eye of faith, I see it going in there more than I've ever had before in my life. Same for you. You should see the same thing. By faith, you should see it. Listen, God's not limited. He's not wanting just to bless one and not bless others. He, he did this for everybody. You heard it Sunday. He wants you to be rich. He just doesn't want riches to have you. 
good teacher. So she began to say. Next thing she did is found in verse number uh, 27 and verse 34. Go back and we'll read 27 again. Go back to chapter 5. It says, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and she touched his garment. Then verse uh, number 34 says, and he said unto her, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. The next thing she did was she acted. So she heard something. She loved it. She began to develop something with it. She began to build on the faith that she had within her, realizing that if this man can do it for those, he's possibly willing to do it for me. Then she began to talk to herself. She began to convince herself that she needed to do something about this and that this would happen if she would get up and make a move that direction. I don't know how she felt that day. I don't know if she was real real, uh, sluggish, real slow, really hurting in her body or whatever else, but she overrode all of those things that were bothering her and she decided to do something. She got out and went. How many of you know one of the calls that we have is go ye, ye. not sit ye? There's a time to sit, but then there's a time to go. It was time for her to go. Nobody else was encouraging her to go. Nobody was standing there trying to get her to do anything. She just decided within herself that this is worth my effort. I'm going to get up and expend every bit of energy I've got. I'm going to get to this man. Jesus of Nazareth. Notice that he wasn't passing just right by her house. Notice he did not do a, a, a doctor's call at home. That's what Jairus was asking for. And Jairus got it. He'll come to your house too. But she says, I got to do something. Now I'm, I'm telling you this story because this applies to you and I in every area of our life whether it be healing, whether it be finances, whether it be other things that we were talking about earlier. So she acted upon it. She went, she did something. And when she got there, how many of you know she got what she went for? Amen. So the fourth thing she did was she received it. She heard She began to say, she acted, now she goes and she actually receives it. Listen, you can be sitting in here and a call goes out. There's somebody in this room that has been having severe back problems. You've been to chiropractors, they haven't been able to help you. You've had some surgeries and that hasn't helped you. But there's one who is in the house Come on. who can help you. Come on. And all you have to do is act on what you've been hearing and come 
and receive what God has for you. Now, you can receive it right in your seat. Or if you're called, some, God uses a person and calls your number. And they say, you need to come down front because I want to anoint you or I want to lay hands on you or I have something that God told me to do. We were at a camp meeting with Brother Hagen. It's been years ago now. But we were in Oklahoma City and at the big convention center there, and uh, there was over 10,000 people present. And I will never forget this particular service. You might have been there. But during the service, he called for people to, God was giving him word of knowledge and and the people were coming down front. So uh, as he, people lined up down front, there was a man that came walking down very slowly. I happened to recognize the man that was down, uh, walking down real slowly, and he was very stiff and everything else. And he gets down front, and Brother Hagen skips him and goes and prays for other people and comes back and prays for other people on the other side of him. Finally comes back to this man and he says, what is it that you have need of? He said, I have a steel rod in my back. I just got out of surgery two days ago. And he said, I'm just down here because I'm in a lot of pain and I want to be healed. And Brother Hagen just looks at him for a few moments. You can tell that the Lord's speaking to him. And the next thing I know, Diane's sitting right next to me. Next thing I know, Brother Hagen reaches up and slaps him on the side of the head, knocks him to the floor. I turned to Diane and I said, Diane, that was either God or there's a major lawsuit going to happen. Here. <laughs> that better be God. <laughs> but you never know what it is that God wants to do, when he wants to do it, and how he wants to do it. We can't put him in a box. The man laid on the floor like one dead. He was there for at least 30 minutes. Didn't move. People were still being prayed for. Finally, after a while, the man sat up on the floor. People went over, ushers went over to help pick him up. He says, don't touch him. Don't touch him. God's still working. So they left him alone. After a while, the man, he said, can you stand to your feet? He said, yes. So the man just put himself up on his knees, stood up. And he said, could you do that? He said, do you feel any pain? He said, no. He said, how did you stand up? He said, I don't know. He said, bend over. He bent all the way. He said, touch toes. He bent over, touched his toes, straightened back up again. He said, bend over again. Touched his toes. Brother Hagen put his hand on his back. He said, there's no rod. He had been fused together in his spine. There was no way possible for him to do that. But all things are possible to him that believeth. The man came down and got something. Jesus turns to her. She receives what it is that she went for. She touched his clothes, and he was made, she was made 
hope. And Jesus turned to her as she came against him and everything else and fell at his feet. Jesus spoke to her and he said, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Whose faith? Her faith. Whose faith? Your faith. Listen, Paul the Apostle, he said in Galatians 2.20, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Whose faith do you think you have? You got the God kind of faith. He infused it into you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is nothing that your God cannot do if you and I will just believe. Trusting. Obeying. And you'll receive it. And the very next thing she does, the fifth thing she does, is she goes and she testifies to Jesus. She follows at his feet. Because he said, who touched me? Now listen. It wasn't just the normal touch because he was been thronged by the people. Because the disciples said, Master, everybody's touching you. I mean, they're pressing in on all sides. People are t- how, can, how can you even ask that question? Who touched you? All kinds of people touched you. He said, no. He said, virtue left me. Because she believed that if she would just touch the hem of his garment... She'd be made whole. She pulled the anointing. It's the anointing. Isaiah said it's the anointing that destroys the yokes of bondage. It's the anointing. She tapped in to the supply line. She got at the spout where the glory of God was coming out. And in that glory of God, there was healing for her. There was deliverance for her. She was set free Because she made an effort to trust him and obey him, and she did something about it. So she went and she testified, and she fell at his feet, and she said, Lord, it's me. He said, daughter, I like that. Daughter, old covenant promise. Daughter, You're not a stranger. You're not a foreigner. You're not outside the confines of God. You're a daughter. You have every right to be whole. How much more do we have in this new covenant? This new covenant with more precious promises. With the old and the new together, it's better. It's complete. Everything that Adam lost, Jesus restored. And then he added some more. Gave us a born again spirit. Last scripture. 
the saints of old, how did they follow after the Lord? How did they know Him? How did they know God? They weren't born again, just like this woman was not born again. But yet Jesus hadn't died for new birth yet either. He was fulfilling the law and the prophets and satisfying everything that was already there in existence. In Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to have to look it up. 11. Eleven and thirteen. You all know that this is the Hall of Fame of Faith. Verse number thirteen, it says, These all died in faith, never receiving the promise. But having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. See, they had an Abrahamic covenant. They had rights. Deuteronomy chapter 26 gave them rights in covenant relationship. And all they had to do was grab a hold of the covenant that God had had, uh, given to them and walked in it, but so many had not. But these all died in faith. They died in faith. So you don't get faith when you get born again. You have the faith already. You have it already because he created you in his image and in his likeness all the way back to Genesis and it passed down. It's just that your spirit wasn't alive. It wasn't quickened. But when you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, it's quickened and made alive. And then you begin to move into the different dimension called a new way of living. Get filled with the Holy Ghost, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. And then you serve Almighty God. We've got the best of the old and the best of the new. Stand to your feet. Father, we thank you for the word. You've sent your word to us to heal us and to deliver us from every form of destruction. You've given us examples in the old covenant as well as in the new covenant of all the promises and provisions. And you said that we are the redeemed of the Lord and we're to say yes and amen to him. And if we'll grab a hold of them, we'll renew our mind and get ourselves in position to be able to to enjoy the fullness. The Holy Spirit will reveal to us uh, line by line, little by little, precept upon precept. He'll do everything that's necessary and he'll get us across that finish line, healthy, wealthy, and blessed in every endeavor of life. And we just give you praise. We give you honor and glory. Bless this congregation. Bless this church. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that the numbers that have been believed for, they're going to get even bigger. And we just give you praise and honor. We thank you, Lord, that this house is growing and growing and growing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn it back.